basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about draft night. Just kidding, of course. We're not going to talk much about drafts here in the coming years, are we? <laughs> Every other year, maybe. But, uh, of course, we are here to talk about Rudy Gobert joining the Timberwolves for a massive amount of picks. No doubt about it. There are some players, most of them had expiring contracts. Uh, you know, the sheer number kind of throws people off a little bit, especially those who don't really know basketball, how it, you know, how it works. A lot of people are kind of stuck on the, the football or baseball trades where, you know, you could trade a hand. I mean, look at the Rams. They, they, they just kept, you know, trading players, bringing in or trading picks, bringing in players. So, um, you do have to come within, I think it's like 15% or something like that. You do have to come within a fair amount to be able to complete the trade. So that's why there were so many players. Um, so we're going to break this thing down. Obviously, right off the bat, it is a risk. It's a major risk. And, and you know, in the handful of years, we'll see where we're at. Uh, but we're going to break this thing down here on the Living and Loserville podcast you know, go over the what now is the starting lineup. Um, I think people that don't watch the Timberwolves nationally or even locally, local media members and, and people at the bar screaming at, you know, this is the Herschel Walker trade and all that type of stuff, uh, they don't realize that we actually do have layers of depth, including the two guys that we signed. I'm sure there's going to be some more veteran contracts um, just to fill out the roster and, and maybe another backup point guard or something like that. We're going to talk it all through, but no matter what, the biggest need was a big man. It just was, and we literally got the best defensive big man in the league. So we're going to talk it all through. If this is your first time listening to the Living and Losing Real podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope. And download the show there, listen to it, um, you know, on the browser. You can find this here podcast under the Rope Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, uh, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the – oh, actually, we did uh, bring that Spricker page, Living in Loser ba- uh, Loserville, back too, by the way. forgot to mention that. One more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have – and you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. The prices start as low as $64.99. Um, it's the best of live TV and on demand. Um, no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Uh, the $64.99 for the choice and $69.99 for the ultimate. With both of those for three months, you get HBO Max, Showtime, Epics, and Cinemax, all included. It's a good deal. Check it out. Direct TV stream. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Aaron. And, uh, you know, what were your first thoughts just in general? You know, I was at the um, – I was actually close to where you – I don't know exactly where you live, but you did say you live by the Capitol. I was at the Historical Society right up there when I when I was going to the bathroom randomly. I looked at my phone. I'm like, holy crap. I just texted a variety of people like, holy crap. Dude, the, the Wolves went big, and that's before I knew everything involved. I just knew the, the picks, you know what I mean? Um, what were your thoughts, though, 
when something comes through like this because it's just rare that we say, oh, man, wouldn't it be nice to have that? Wouldn't it be nice to do that? Wouldn't it, you know, or wouldn't it be nice to bring in this all-pro veteran free agent and sign him as a, as a free agent and whatnot? But to make this blockbuster move, it, it just blew me away. Yeah, it blew me away, too. I mean, there was telegraph offices, you know, buzzing and satellites connecting in space. And I'm just thinking all the different thoughts that go along. Okay, so Rudy Gobert, what does this mean? Why Rudy Gobert? And then what do we give up? Was the everybody's first thought. Okay, so it took me a little while to find out. I had to do a little Internet searching to figure yeah. it out. And as I'm looking down, I'm like, okay, well, I uh, liked him, but he's gone. Okay, he's gone. And then, you know, you're doing all the math in your head. Okay, but we have this and we have that. I mean, this will work out. Oh, let's look at the draft picks. Holy crap, that's a lot of draft picks. Oh, yeah, but it's every other year. And you're going off and just trying to figure out exactly what. But then when you finally, when all the dust settles, yes. and you finally take a look at the big picture, you're like, that is a good deal. Now, a lot, like you said, there's a lot of complaining on the Internet. And Wolves fans are notoriously just vicious on the Internet. Minnesota sports fans, right? It's unbelievable. Anyways, I've seen all these things, like you said, Herschel Walker trading. How could you give up so many draft picks? And, you know, I love Vando, or we could, you know, we, what happened right. to Pat Bev, or, you know, what was your favorite Walker Kessler moment? And, you know, all these other things flying around and just kind of take a look at the whole thing. And now I'm kind of scrolling the internet, Chris, as you were opening the show, and I'm seeing that the Wolves are showing interest in Boogie Cousins. Um, now it's just like preliminary off Minnesota sports news off of Instagram. The guy has a pretty good page, somewhat accurate. So now you want maybe possibly add Boogie Cousins to this mix uh, is another whole separate subject. But, I mean, the Wolves are going big is the question. Well, the rest of the NBA is going playing small ball. The Wolves are returning to yesteryear and just lining up the seven-footers. Yeah, and, you know, I think people just have short-term memory or something. I mean, the finals were just a handful of weeks ago. Celtics played with two guys that have played the center position, you know. And I, and as far as I could see, you know, looking at the television and everything, uh, they played pretty fucking good because, you know, they got to the finals. Um, but, yeah, it, it is. It, it, we'll talk about that, how the matchup works. Because a lot of people say, oh, in Bede and Horford. That didn't work. Okay, well, Embiid can't hit a fucking three. It's a different type of big, big, you know what I mean? Plus, he's a better defender than Cat. So we don't, you know, they don't need that as much. So there's a variety of stuff, like you said. And uh, I do want to say this right away. This franchise has gotten past the first round one time, and that was the one time they made the conference finals, right? And... We already talked about on the last episode we did back in early May saying the West is going to be better. The Lakers are going to be better. The, yeah. As long as AD stays healthy, they're going to be better. Uh, the Clippers, they're going to be – New Orleans, they didn't even play with Zion, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, gonna it's going to be better. So instead of just being like, man, that was great. Let's just grow internally and get to the first round every year. You know what I mean? Instead of doing that. That's normally what Taylor would do. Not so much. Not so much anymore. These guys came in here. The new, what will be new owners. Um, they're partial owners now, obviously, but they have the 40%, I think, now. But, um, and then at the end of 2023, I think it's right before Christmas. What a Christmas game. Huh? They, uh, they actually take it over to the 60% there. But they said two things. We're coming to fucking compete at a high level, 
and we're going to do it. And we don't give a shit what has been done before in the past. We know you're looking at us like we're, we're goofy. Uh, they kick the tires on guys that aren't going anywhere as president of operations. They knew it, but they still kicked the tires. And they ended up with a top-tier president of operations who's already proven it's not a guy that we hope. We both liked Rosas. A lot of people did, but we, you know, he's not here any longer. So if you're going to go out and get somebody, they did it. And thank God Denver's cheap and wouldn't pay him and wouldn't give him a staff and all sorts of shit I didn't know about. I knew they were cheap, but I didn't know like he was working with the not many people over there compared to what he's got now. He's got like four guys that has a ton of experience. Anyway, they went and did that. Then they said, fuck it, dude. We're going to get a big. They even were in the talks for Kevin damn Durant. I mean, they tried Miles Turner. They tried Capella. They were trying people. And it sounds like the last five days or something like that, it came down to it was going to be three first-rounders, but McDaniels had to be in. Danny Ainge in Utah was like, nope, we, we need McDaniels. We need that. And they fought back and forth. They st- you know, they were just at a stalemate. And then they we added another pick, and, and that's why we were able to keep McDaniel. So I got to give them a whole lot of credit for them to say, you know, it's one thing to say it. Everybody says, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Aaron, they went out, and they fucking did it. And we just have never had that ever this kind of way. You know what I mean? Cassell and Spreewell, especially Spree, was on like a wheel and a half. He was not in his prime. Cassell – benefited from having Garnett, so he finally made an all-star game, but, you know, his hip fell off, you know, the next year and even in the playoffs. It's just so refreshing, Aaron. It's just so refreshing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. You know, I I thought it was – first surprise was the Connolly hire. I thought, wow, you know, this is a bold move, bolder than Timberwolves' past has been. And don't get me wrong here. I mean, I love a build through the draft, slow climb to – greatness just like the next guy that's wonderful but you know we've been doing that in repeated iterations <laughs> for 20 years or more it's like at some point you know you got to bring in someone who's gonna i won't say cut your losses because there's so many fucking losses i'm saying you know you got to make a stopgap let me look at this like la rams right they haven't had a first round draft pick in three, four years, they just won the championship. Now, I'm not saying that's the absolute model for success, but you have to understand that there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm. And this Midwestern work ethic, build through the draft, wait, wait, wait. It's going to get better if this guy, you know, continues to progress and, and this guy stays healthy. And it's always this combination of Strange variables and crossing your fingers and knocking on wood. And it's like, but those just guys go, are buddies. We can't trade him. They're buddies. Just go get the piece that you want. Now, Finch obviously came off that playoff series. Chris, we talked extensively throughout the season about how we would look at the end of the playoff series and what pieces of the puzzle we would have a better idea of what we got. Now, you mentioned a lot of teams that are going to be better next year. Memphis is going to be better next year. So, we have to get better. Now, how do you get better? Uh, there's a variety of ways. We chose the Rudy Gobert route. We paid what had to be paid. I think you couldn't give away Jaden McDaniels. You just couldn't do it. I think if he, I mean, I'm not saying start the paper on fire or burn the whole house yeah. down. I'm just saying 
that would have really sucked, and we'd be having a different conversation right now had we given up McDaniels for whatever pie in the sky picks that we would have saved by uh, by putting him in the deal. I mean, I think that's a pure talent there, and I think off the show, Chris, you we'll get into later about the just the the length of this lineup and the different combinations that it's going to allow, and you just kind of have to go. I mean, my biggest takeaway right now is that I love Chris Finch. I love the way he thinks about the game of basketball because you can tell by the moves that are made. I mean, even before the trade went down, he kind of gave us a foreshadowing when he talked about, I think it was Noel's role uh, coming up and how important it would be. This guy's really important. Everyone's like, really? really? Why didn't you play him more then? So he kind of telegraphed it We had to play him to trade him. And so he kind of telegraphed it there. Now, you know, there's still going to – not every question is answered, but the direction this club is going is answered. Uh, you can have a logical uh, conversation about, you know, how we're going to play ball this year. And uh, and you kind of know, okay, we've got the GM on lockdown. We've got the ownership starting to lock down. And now – We've got our top three players, possibly four, pretty much on lockdown. And we've got a great coach. Uh, everybody really ragged on him after the playoff series. I wasn't one of those people. I, I believe in Finch. I, I'd like, you know, when he got hired, Chris and I, we had that conversation about, he just kind of looks like a basketball guy. He just kind of talks like a basketball guy, where a lot of these guys that come in, you know, they just don't have that sort of, uh, feeling to him about like okay this is sort of the nuancey sort of personality you're going to want to see in a basketball coach and he just kind of nails it he's just kind of is it so I'm really happy with the way this is going all the kind of dread is starting to lift off a little bit here and I think you know it's going in the right direction and it's being forced to do it and that's what I like most about these two moves with Connolly and the trade he made for Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, we right now literally have Cat for six years under contract. He's on our team for six fucking years, okay? Um, Rudy, instead of getting one year and done, hopefully we bring back Turner or Capella. Hopefully. Nope. We don't have to worry. He's got four years and it's huge money, so he ain't going to go anywhere. He's not going to try to, oh, can I get a buyout or can we work it? No, no, no. He's going to want that money because it's a ton of money. Um, and, you know, they in Utah, they – did need more offense out of him, and that is a weakness of him. You can't just post him up, and he's going to go to work, and he's going to give you the, you know, the Kareem fucking sky. That's not him. That is not him, but we don't need him. You know what I mean? And a lot of people are talking about fits. We'll get into that in a second, but just a little preview. Vando didn't do shit on offense either. (laughs) So we're used to that as far as one guy in the lineup that really doesn't bring much offensively. Uh, so we'll get into some of that. But like you said, I mean, the whole Herschel Walker thing, I understand why it's a knee-jerk thing and it's a funny thing. These fucking ton of players, ton of picks. But they're not going to pick Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith at, at 24 and 20, whatever, right? They're not gonna, That's not going to happen. It, the NFL first round, shit, I mean, the first three rounds, compared to the first round of the NFL, it's it's just different, dude. It's different. By the time you get to the teens and twenties, you're looking for role players that you can develop. That's what you're doing. Now, do you find someone? Shit, we found McDaniel's late. Rudy was late in the draft, so you find some. But 
I think people, the 23, uh, 2023, 25, 27, 29, now in six years, right, or seven years, I guess, because, yeah, seven years, that is protected top five. So if the whole shit went to blessed, you know, like horrible in five years, and we ended up trading towns, we ended up doing this, we still have Cat, or, I mean, we still have Ant, and in a protected pick. We do have some picks in there, and you can – you can trade two second rounders and a guy for to get in the first round. Like it's really not that difficult to get into the first round in a late part of it. So the Herschel Walker thing is ridiculous though because you can't compare the goddamn first rounds of each draft. Um, the the Turner that was one that we talked about a lot of the season. The thing with Miles Turner is agent made it known that he wanted to be more involved offensively than he was in Indiana, and that's just not going to happen here. You know what I mean? And yeah. That's just plain and simple. Um, and it's only one year on his deal, you know? So then you're thinking, okay, we're going to trade. Now it would be less capital, of course, but you'd still be trading capital and bodies, and all of a sudden, you know, we don't know if he's going to stay. So, um, you know, the picks, it's a ton. There is There's a thing called a tax right in minnesota trying to get all pro players jimmy butler did he sign on the dotted line in the free as a free agent nope he did not we have to pay a tax here and it's not like the tax it is right now on corporate america that shit's back in world war one and world war two like 88 percent and 70 percent right this fucking tax is big no doubt about it we gave them too many picks we can outwardly say that. That's fine. We did give a lot up, no doubt. But when you look at it, you know, I heard people saying, Pat Bev and Beasley are better than Gobert. Our number one thing, like you said, was rim protection. We were 25th in the league of opponents scoring on us percentage-wise. We, we, I mean, how many times – forget John Morant. I mean, at least make John make a hard layup. Sometimes it was just like, well, where, what happened? Where – who got him? Nobody picked him. I mean, time and time again, and then like you said, the rebounds. You know, the defensive rebounding. We don't have to rely on Vando crashing to get an offensive board because Rudy's just going to be down there and be a little tipping. Like you said, it's going to be a bunch of bunnies as well. So I think people, when you just go person for person, okay, Vando for Gobert because those are the bigs that we're playing next to Cat in the starting lineup, right? It's I love Vando. Hustle player, no doubt about it, okay? Great defender. I hope he's got a great career ahead of him. He's got two years on his deal. Love him. Who knows? In two or three years, he could come back. You never know. But him and Gobert are just nowhere near each other. Nowhere near each other as far as what they bring to a game. I, I love Vando, but it's just not true. Now, Pat Bev right now, you could say, is more advanced. Then McDaniels, that's fair to say, because just off game tape and knowing everybody's tendencies, um, yeah, he does have an advantage there. But we know now we're going to play, unless it's a small ball lineup, we're going to play you know, McDaniels where he is the best, at small forward and guarding one through three. That's where he shines. So the, the best one through three they got, it won't be Pat Bev on him. It'll be McDaniels. And Pat Bev said it numerous times, this guy is me, but he's 6'9". You know, give him a couple years from now, in year three and four, if we go off Rudy's contract, it's just, it's key. We, we knew Pat Bev's days were numbered, period. He's already done his job last year, 
If they brought him back, I'd be happy. I wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want him. No, fuck no. But he already did his job for Ant and for the team. He already did it. So, you know, is like I said, Pat Bev right now, today, is better than McDaniels. Sure, because he could shoot better than him too. But in a couple of years, that gap is going to close. And the gap between what Rudy brings defensively in, in, in shot blocking compared to Vando, it's not anywhere near. Now, Beasley, right? We knew that was the first guy we were probably going to trade in the offseason. We couldn't trade him last year because someone stepped on his property. That, that's why we couldn't trade him, right? We don't have to worry about Beasley, anybody stepping on Beasley's property. <laughs> anymore, okay? So even, even with kids and shit, okay? We, we don't have to worry about that. And, you know, Beasley, the second half of the season, blew up, you know? And, hey, that's awesome. If, if he gets – if they like him in Utah – then they got him for a team option, so that works for them. But I think people forget Noel, and also we'll talk about the depth too. We just signed Forbes, who's a knockdown shooter. So I think people are kind of – our starting five is considerably better, Aaron. There's just no way around that. Uh, I agree with you, and – I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, I don't, whoever questions that, let's, uh, let's have a sidebar conversation because I don't think that, uh, they understand the game. I mean, you're looking at uh, what is a, a good dual threat point guard in D'Angelo Russell. And uh, yeah, I mean, he has his issues next year and we'll see what's going on, but I think we're going to ride it through this season. And, and he's a good player. I'm kind of a fan of his. He's kind of converted me. And then Edwards obviously on the ascent, uh, McDaniels who, is a three, like you said, can guard uh, three, two, and one. Is incredibly long. Is good from outside, and uh, is a hell of a defender. Now, here's my only real concern with the trade, and you kind of brushed on it, but you didn't really need to get the nail on the head. Is that you know this team was sort of a defensive joke uh, pre Pat Beverly, and then Pat Beverly came in and at least for the beginning of the season. Uh, and now some of this could also be Finch. Maybe there's too much credit well, going to Pat Beverly. No, it's Finch too. Because they spent all fucking training camp on defense. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's what makes it stick. But I think the intangibles of Pat Beverly is what will be missed the most. Yeah. And hopefully it's not like, you know, <clears throat> rise with Beverly and then off a cliff when he's gone. Let's hope that's not the attitude of this team. Uh, certainly shouldn't be now with Finch, the new leadership and possibly the new owners. I think maybe we turned a corner there uh, as far as work ethic and defensive uh, tenacity goes. That's my real only thing about losing Beverly. And then, uh, That's fair. And then you go to, the, you know, Towns is a stretch four now and a real stretch four. Uh, and, you know, is he fastest, maybe as quick as Nowitzki? Uh, probably not. But he's not that much slower, and uh, he's, he's got a great outside shot. He can hit mid-range, uh, although he generally takes threes or goes to the bucket, which is kind of what you want him to do. Defensive now, defensively now, his his responsibility hasn't lessened, but it's changed because now he's going to guard three fours and dip into the five as opposed to is sticking to the five and possibly the four, which is going to help him, I think. And I think that was probably the major reason why they wanted to get another big. I mean, that's what we talked about is we've got to take that defensive responsibility away from Cat because it's just too much of a liability. 
Uh, and it, you know, some of that is cat. Some of that is the league. Some of that is, you know, uh, referees. Um, but and it's a lot in general, just in general to have to do that much on both sides, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, okay, well, you can keep beating your head against the wall with this cat issue, or you can fucking do something about it. And they did something about it. Now, you know, Gobert, you're not going to ask a lot of him offensively, but like you said, there's so many varieties. There's bunnies near the basket. There's, you know, big man, big man lobs. There's big man to big man pick and rolls. There's pick and rolls off of all the perimeter players. It's with cat and you can go three, uh, like, I don't know how to say it, but a three tiered pick and roll where you pick and then pop and then pick and, you know, gets down to Gobert for a layup. There's a lot of things offensively you can do with him around the basket. I mean, generally, I think his shooting percentage is incredibly high because he's always yeah, right around the basket. Yeah, 71% last year, Aaron, 71%. So when you're talking about him, you're talking about a guy, one, uh, physically gifted as far as his size. But the most important thing I think you get with Gobert is he knows his role, he perfects his role, and he's good at his role. You're not going to see a lot of mid-range shots from Rudy Gobert. You're not going to see him taking threes. You're not going to see – you're going to see him around the basket offensively, offensive and defensive rebounds, and defense, which is the three things we talked about at the end of that playoff series that we needed embodied in one player. I don't think you gave up too much for it for the simple fact that you're not going to find – how often are you going to find a gold nugget at pick 28, pick 26, pick 25? I mean, you're just, that's not something you can count on. I think if you probably went into the NBA records, you could come up with a percentage of players picked in that spot that actually became all stars or top tier right. players. But it's, I do 20 and say up, really, right? 20 and up. Than, you should, yeah. even in the teens. And that's I, now. Because before, when we were kids, yeah, you could make a, uh, uh, at least a case that the, the draft was deeper. You know? Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying 15%. I'd rather take my – I mean, look at it. We're, we're out of the lottery, Chris, for <laughs> yeah. good 10 – let's go – let's be conservative here, 7 to 10 years. I mean, what do those picks really matter in the long run? Especially, like you said, you can – bounce a couple things, and if you want to grab somebody, you can find a way to get up in the round. So I'm not too too hung up on the draft picks. I think a lot of people are, but I'm just not. I think this is a, this is like what, – what this smells to me is it smells like a, a GM and a coach who accurately uh, defined the problem and then got a solution, and that's all you ask for, really. Yeah. And con the you know the ownership said hey we're gonna have like three maxes on our on our books so we need someone that is good around those edges and that's what Conley's bread and butter did I mean if you don't believe this Conley's good at that just look at this fucking year they didn't have Murray their 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 second best player didn't play a minute uh, the other guy who's like their third best scorer he didn't barely even play. And they still got fucked. They finished higher than us. So that just shows you the depth. And it's it's finding those little nuggets through the trade, through a draft late, you know, and, and get a guy that – that's the thing. He, they traded Beasley and Vando because they had depth at those positions. They traded him to us a couple of years back. 
and that's what you do. You're able to develop some guys and then trade them. You know, Beasley didn't come here averaging 15 points. Uh, you know, he, he barely got time. But, you know, we saw something in him, and boom. So, and Conley, that's his bread and butter, dude. All the way that's his bread and butter. Um, and then when you look at the, the, the matchups, right, the, the, having two bigs on the floor. First of all, Finch as a – um, an off, a full-on offensive coordinator, assist, associate coach thing, where he ran the offense completely. By the way, there's like 10 teams running his offense since he started doing it in Houston. So in Denver, they had Jokic and Nurkic, two bigs. Uh, in New Orleans, they had Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins, back when Boogie Cousins, you know, leg didn't fall off. And that'd be a great, great backup, by the way. Great backup. Because uh, that's what he's been the last couple of years. But that's AD wanting to play the four and being better at the floor. Now, we don't have LeBron, but I'm just saying when you say teams can't win, the year 2020 wasn't that long ago, right? Feels like it was just yesterday, right? Ever since March 2020, as we know. They won, They they played old ass, my back hurts, I'm stiff as shit, Dwight Howard at center and AD at the four. Cats played mostly until the recent years at the four position. So in in um the Cavs, they have a huge lineup in, in the you know four five or yeah four five and three four five. They have huge they have like a six eleven seven you know they they're doing it too. So this isn't the first team to ever do it or anything like that of late anyway. So and like I said earlier, the Celtics have Hortford and you know they have two centers basically playing. Um, and a lot of people just want to rely on that Embiid thing in Hortford a couple of years back. It's a different thing. And, and, and a lot of people nationally didn't realize that Amp, or not Amp, but Carl Anthony Towns wasn't taking eight or ten threes a game. We were begging him half season, just a couple more. Whereas in years past, we're like, how about you don't take ten threes? You know what I mean? But now that you're like, okay, that's his fucking strength. If they're going to bring so much damn coverage on him, just shoot right over the top from the three a lot of these times. Or like you said, drive. And he drove, led the league for centers and end ones. So this whole thing of, oh, we, we can't play these guys together, it's all about fit. And we damn sure can play together. And Finch knows how to do it. He couched it. So it's not this crazy thing. And, and if you look at defensive rating, you know, when you lead the league in points, you end up getting into a lot of high-scoring games. So points-wise, when you look at just raw points, offense and defense, it's a little misleading. We were – efficiency is a better, you know, gauge because it, it rounds it out with, a, you know, eight or ten categories. We were eighth uh, in efficiency for, for offense. We were 13th in efficiency for defense, which, like you said, and I'm glad you pointed out, we were a fucking joke for so long. There was times the efficiency where we were getting up there when we had Jimmy and, and uh, what's his toes? Uh, why do we always forget his name? Uh, the power forward that played next to the cat. Actually, he played center, basically guard centers. Uh, Gibson, Ty Gibson. That's it. Um, and, and we were starting to get okay. There, the defense we could, we're starting to see it, but it's still not all the way there. But I just think people are kind of over worrying about that part. And like you said, I mean. The pick and roll. Go back and watch D'Lo with Allen at, in uh, New Jersey. Or, well, Brooklyn. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself there. Um, 
I mean, that pick and roll between them two, it's ridiculous. And when we talk about Vando setting a pick comparatively to Rudy, who's basically one of the best, if not the best, I mean, he, he, he sets the most picks in the league. And he can roll, like you said, the lo- a real lob threat. The only thing you could do with Vando beyond uh, on the break lob was because, you know, you couldn't pass to him much too much where he'd have to do something because he dropped the ball or whatever. And he was getting better at passing and all that. I'm not ripping. This is not a rip Vando show, but we're just being honest. Um, you could bring him baseline and he could crash. Uh, it were a double team, and then he just get a dunk or layup. Like, that's about all you could do. But a guy that really rolls, it rolls hard to the bucket. Like you said, Bunny Central, just look at the tape. There's like a like a 10-minute highlight tape of them two, and it's like, oh, my God, it's going to be a field day. And we saw it a little bit with Nas Reed when he would play on the bench, uh, D-Lo. And then you look at Ant. Talk about sealing off a, a guy and getting a mismatch for Ant. I mean, it's night and day what they bring, like you said, rim protection too. It's, I love it. I love it a whole lot. And we have a chance to legitimately be top 10 in both size efficiency rating for next year. And I think that's going to happen because a lot of, oh, how's he going to match? Like we said, hey, dude, Vando didn't score, dude, much. Like he didn't do much offensively at all. So, it's we're not we're used to a guy not doing much in one of the positions, and I just think, like you said, the McDaniel's thing is in there too. You really have to think about. We already talked about if it's not going to be next year, the year after, McDaniel's going to have to be in the starting lineup. It's just going to have to happen, and so that's where Pat Bev, you know, was going to have to go. So well, I, I think it's go ahead. Well, I say to put a bow on this before we maybe talk about the bench. You know, yeah, you're talking about. You know, we're looking at players who can stretch the floor, Chris, right? And we've got four of them in the starting lineup, if that's the projected starting lineup. Now, my hope here is that, you know, D'Angelo Russell can keep his head and stay motivated because there's a lot of opportunity here for him. Uh, I know he's on the last year of his contract. Money's a little tight, blah, blah, blah. But this is his moment to, like, maybe set up himself, set himself up on a team with a role, and he can ride it, you know, to the end of his career at this point. If he's smart enough and realizes that it's pick and roll opportunities are just mind blowing, the amount of opportunity to Edwards, to McDaniel's, to Gobert, to Towns. There's pick and roll all over the place, and that's you know five, six assists a night. Like we don't need from Russell now thirty point nights. We need, you know, eighteen point. Eight assists. We need more efficiency. Efficiency and just being able to understand the tools in his toolbox that he can use and to get a good feel for, like, situations. Now, like I said, it's going to take a little time to jump, but these are pros, and I think they understand. And under Coach Finch, I think he understands the nuances here of, like, how things are going to work and offensively how you can, you know, take advantage of one small lineups two large lineups because now you have these set of bigs where you have, you know, rim protection, uh, basically an old school five. And then you've got, yes. you know, a very to long. To the core, Aaron, like when we were kids, like yeah. the, the real deal guy. And then you've got like almost, I don't want to say this without, you know, so, you know, save your comments, but Akeem Olajuwon, but with an outside stroke, in in towns if he can get his shit together 
you know, he's not as good as Akeem around the basket, obviously. Yeah, but no. that sort of versatility and athleticism in your four who can also step out and make threes on a consistent basis, that's that's a tool that not many NBA teams have. In fact, I dare say probably none of them have. Um, that's a whole combination of front court that's just unique to the Minnesota Timberwolves at this point. And then you've got the stretch players, and we haven't even talked about an ascending Anthony Edwards, which is just like the cherry on top. Yeah, you're right. No doubt about it. And, you know, going back to, you know, remember last year, that high wall, that aggressive defense, man, it was it was something that surprised me. And, you know, Cat had done some of that but not much of it. It was mostly him in the drop, and he's not as good as that. We did see that. And, you know, to be fair, a lot of these players – excuse me, I had to cough. A lot of these players, you know, they just weren't all that, you know, defensively sound as well, you know. So it's funny because a lot of the players the last few years that Rudy played with in Utah, maybe Conley, that's about it, that were defensively sound, and they find a way to still be – a pretty good defensive team because of him. But now we can play, because remember at the, the the last part of the season, first of all, when you play the high wall and that aggressive shit, you get tired, dude, throughout the year. You just do. Any team that does it is going to get – Michael Jordan would get tired doing it. It just happens, man. It just, LeBron, he would get tired doing it. But that was our best bet. And then we started tweaking a little bit, but now we can literally play drop coverage with the five, and that's where he's – money like you said he knows all that that's where he's at so and I think that style of defense Aaron that we played last year showed he can crash the perimeter he can go to that high side of that screen and rush out there and he wasn't getting beat off the dribble all this time for a big and I think that's gave him the, that's what gave him the confidence of hey he can guard most fours here you know he'll be fine at most fours um, yeah, and I, then, I, I watched uh I heard a lot of criticism after the trade, Chris. I, I watched it a lot. Okay, everybody said that, you know, Gobert got put through a, you know, a spin cycle in the playoffs. Right. And then, you know, a couple stories down, I see that Mitchell and Gobert don't get along. And so I take a look back at the some of these games. I didn't watch full games, but I watched some highlight packages. And I, I saw him being hung out to dry a lot by his teammate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, did Gobert play bad or did they put him in bad positions and then, you know, they stuck him in a corner and then yelled at him for being in the corner. It's like, <laughs> right? It's Why not... didn't you run out to the three? Well, dude, I'm big. And you know that could all be nothing, or it could be something. And to me, it looked like something. And you know, he ended up being scapegoated there. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and say that. You know, there's this big conspiracy against Rudy Gobert or anything. Like what I am saying is that it just didn't look very defensively balanced for the Jazz at that point. And you know, whatever caused that riff, obviously it, it may have, you know, we'll see for ourselves what Rudy Gobert is, def- uh, you know, defensively and as a teammate. But, you know, from just, you know, face value, it, it it's just, to me, uh, the perfect piece at the right time. Yep, and we're not going to be asking him to do that stuff. And then if people say, well, wonder if there's a four that can take Cat off the dribble. Okay, well, this year, who, who's behind Cat? Who's in the paint behind Cat that if he gets taken off the dribble by a quick four? Where do you go, Bear? You might as well, you know, I said that Ant gets to play his normal position shooting guard. We might as well call it free safety. 
Because Ant off balls, he'd be like, I don't, I'm not even looking at my guy. I got Rudy behind me. I'm going for this fucking steal. Like, he's going to be a free safety. Like I said, shooting guard, take it out. It's free safety. We saw him throw the ball the other day. Tom Brady said, you're in the wrong sport. Um, and he said that too. He was calling right, not just, you know, over the shoulder, the, the over the shoulder right, you know, he was calling it. Um, back shoulder. Yeah, just talking yeah. back shoulders and shit, and then hitting them, of course. Um, and it's just, dude, it's crazy. Like, okay, someone gets beat off the dribble. Okay. I mean, in the NBA, people get beat off the dribble all the fucking time. You can't touch it. Oh, just the ability nope. to gamble with Gobert at the, at the rim. Now you can gamble defensively. Mm-hmm. Is it going to go your way 100% of the time? Nope. But if you're smart about your gambles, yes. you know, you're going to get where you need to be. And more steals lead to fast break buckets, lead to, you know, Defensive intensity leads to rock and building, leads to a whole bunch of stuff. And that's, you know, energy and so forth. It makes you more motivated about your defense when it's successful, you know, when you're getting steals that's and you're good point. turning the game into a different type of basketball game. Now, like you said, we're very high on this move, but like you said, Chris, and let's just, you know, put some cold water. The West is getting better and almost mm. the top of the West is even getting better. And it's becoming the haves and the have nights of the have nots, and for once we are the haves. Yeah, and speaking of haves, half court, right? Half court offense now. Back to that pick and roll and the screens. We're going to be better in the half court on offense. People are not going to realize that, but we are going to. When you, like you said, when you can set a screen like that and you can play off that, we talk about D'Lo, and I'm going to send you a highlight reel and all that. But Ant too. I mean, we don't even know what kind of facilitator Ant's going to be. We have no clue. I mean, if he is a great facilitator, that's great. If he's not, okay, he's a mad, crazy scorer. Who cares? Whichever, you know, whichever works. And who knows? Who knows? Right now, we could – I'm not saying I want to, but we can't – with this fucking front, you know, with this this staff right now and the ownership, we can't guarantee that D'Lo's not going to go out and we're going to get a – pass first point guard that can hit a three and defend we we don't know that for a fact we don't know that um mm-hmm. but we also know that we wouldn't have been in the playoffs and i'm not just talking about the clippers game i'm saying if it was delo what he did because he did he had to shrink his game last year if you look at his usage everything he's the one who had out of ant cap he had to tweak his game the most and when you don't have a pick and roll game with vando as a point guard, it, it's hard to do pick and roll, especially in the playoffs against high quality teams, when two guys are on, on towns already. So think about it. You got the at that time. I don't think it's going to last long because they're going to have to put the best perimeter uh, player on hand here soon. But they had a great defender on D'Lo, and then two got. Think about trying to do a pick and roll, and that, that's a lot of bodies all around you. That's three different di- guys, but that's also go bare open underneath the the rim, like you were saying, but. Yeah, it is going to get better, and that's why I, I kind of focus on year three and year four of Rudy because, you know, AD, can he stay healthy? Last two years he hasn't. Will LeBron fall off the, you know, fall off there? Uh, uh, Paul George and Leonard, they only got a couple more years left. Golden State, only a couple more years left to be peak players. I mean, Curry's now 34. Um, and just injuries in general. I mean, the last two years they had a ton of injuries, and that's why they couldn't get in the playoffs, or they, they got beat two years ago by Memphis out of the plan. So 
a lot of these teams, you know, I'm not afraid like I was before uh, of Denver as much because now we got a center to just put on Jokic. You mm-hmm. know, we, we don't have to worry about it. And he doesn't fall a lot. And also, we're going to get in this bench. Um, I love our power forward if Cat does get in the foul problems now. You know, yeah. Kyle Anderson. So, overall, though, you know, we're going to see, like, I think, if, like you said, if D'Lo is here for a couple more years, let's say three to five years in this window here, I could see him averaging eight, eight, and a, eight and a half assists or something. I, I really think that the comfort level, the well, better he screens. He should. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. He should. It's all there for him. And like I said, we wouldn't have been in the playoffs without him. That's just factual, dude, because he did. He was a point guard. It just we're trying to fit everything together. He had to play off the bench a lot of times, too, which, you know, that that hurts him because you're not playing with Cat and Ant. That does hurt a little bit. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I love it. But let's get to – I mean, we saw the starting lineup. Um a guy that can develop that we haven't even mentioned as well is J Mac as well. Yeah, I was just going to start. I was going to start with J Mac, who's, you know, is he going to have an extended role off the bench? He didn't have many minutes, but you know, he. I thought he did his the best with his minutes he could have all season, and uh, I think he deserves an extended role. So now, you know, maybe you can take uh, D'Angelo off that second team, let him get mm-hmm. a rest, and give it to to Jordan. You know, but then we start to say, okay, where's our scoring going to come off the bench? That's my concern. Now, I'm not saying it's vacant, but – and you're not always going to have, you know, five in, five out. You're going to have combinations of different things. But, sure. um, you know, you're looking at, you know, J-Mac, uh, Jalen Noel. Uh, you're looking at uh, Jordan, or the kid that you just said that we picked up. Kyle uh, Anderson. Yep, Kyle Anderson. Wendell Moore, the, the rookie, if he can find a, a place on this squad. Uh, Nas Reed, a familiar face, Tori and Prince. There's your offense, um, too, Nas Reed. So you're looking at, you know, do we need a Beasley? Do we need a, a, a Vinny Microwave Johnson? Do we need instant offense off the bench um, in a player, you know, or at least a spot-up guy that, that can, you know, get you 30%, 40% in threes? Um, you know, I, I like where it's at right now. I think you could use – a little fine tuning if it becomes available, but like I said earlier, you're not gonna go five for five. You're gonna have you know Towns in with three bench guys, or you right. know uh, you know D'Angelo with with two, or you know J Mac running with the ones. It's gonna be a lot of different combinations, and I even like J Mac with the ones. And you know I think that point guard here is another thing to think about. And I think when the season starts, we'll have more in-depth conversations about uh, what kind of point fits here. I am a big fan. If you're going to have the two uh, big guys down there, I kind of like a old-school uh, pass-first, facilitating, genius type of point guard who's good, you know, you know, who's great at seeing the floor as opposed to scoring the ball. But that doesn't mean – one, that those things are mutually exclusive, that you can't have that player who's also a scorer, which is kind sure. of what Russell is, and or that you can have uh, – or that you need to have a scoring point guard here because there's just not enough basketball to go around at this point in time. And I know that sounds so weird to say for a Timberwolves team, mm-hmm. but, you know, at this point you're looking at your scores 
coming from the from Edwards through Towns in that middle of the lineup. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hope this is something, like I said earlier, that Russell can learn to appreciate because he could make a lot of money here and become a very, very important part of a possible championship team. And I hope that's important to him because if it is, he'll be here for the next few years. So Noel is a walking, talking bucket. Okay. He, he doesn't, he doesn't hit the three like Beasley, but what does Beasley not do? Well, everything else, but what Beasley doesn't go to the rack and Noel does. And it's not just layups. He's got a floater game. So when we need, and that's one thing Finch also said, we do need a guy. We need to attack the rim. We need to put pressure on the rim. It can't just be Ant and some other people and, and Cat, actually. You know, go bear on the pick and roll. That's going to pressure the rim. Noel will attack the rim. And like you said, we should have known when he said that in these press conferences of, of late, just how big of a deal he, he is. But when you look at J-Mac, Noel, Prince, or Kyle Anderson can both play smaller forward or power forward, and then Nas Reed. I mean, Prince signed for two years. Anderson signed for two years. Nas got at least a year on his contract. We re-upped him this year, and same with Noel, which we can tweak those contracts. But we also, and this is kind of going under the radar, Forbes, a guy who is, I think, in his six or seven years, uh, six or seven years, something like that, came up in the just like uh I think he came up in the Spurs I think he did I know Kyle Anderson did that's why he's really fundamentally sound but the last four years at the three-point line 42.6 uh 38.8 two years ago 45.2 and 41.4 last year he's a straight up knockdown shooter and we got him for the veteran minimum so if we want to say, oh, well, Vando and Gold contract, cool, but 16 or 17 mil for two and a half mil, that's the difference between Beasley. You could throw in uh, J-Mac and Noel into that. You could throw in a bunch of our bench, and it adds up to what Beasley makes. Um, so Kyle Anderson, I got news for you. I love me some Vando, but you can't tell me there's a lot of difference between Vando and him. In fact, Kyle Anderson's got like, about 10 to 15 pounds on him. Um, he's not uh, the perimeter defender that Bando was. I'll say that. We didn't always have him do that, but sometimes we did. But offensively, he's a lot just all-purpose. all, all purpose. He's an all-purpose. He'll get to the rack. Not his shooter either, but he'll shoot wide open ones where Bando couldn't. He's like Kyle Anderson is just a glue guy, and that is going to be our power forward if Cat gets in the foul problems. And he's just a solid guy, and then Prince, too. So the corner three instead of Beasley, Prince. Well, they shoot about the same, you know, and we got him for two years. So Ant's going to sign his contract that gives him, like, 50-some million more if he signs with us so that nobody's ever turned down the first big contract max, if you got the max out. He does. Not everybody gets it. but So you'll have him next year, or you'll have him for six years, we have Towns for six years. I think that's what people are missing here. You already have the core for four to six years. So all you need to do is fill in the blanks. And like you said, we'll see what D'Lo does. But it shows you the depth that Rosas, and to a lesser extent, uh, Gupta did. I mean, we traded Pat Bev, Beasley, and Bando, along with some other pieces, and still have that depth. Might go boogie. 
I'd say we probably get a veteran point guard just in case J-Mac or D-Lo gets down. And like you said, I like what you said about J-Mac. He'll get more minutes because hopefully he'll just run that and like, and then we can actually have D-Lo stay in the first quarter longer. You know what I mean? It's mm. Like if he's got it going, we want to keep him in there. We don't want to pull him at, you know, the five-minute mark or four-minute mark every time. Now, it worked. I understand why they did it, and we found some stuff there, no doubt about it, but – I love it. And, and like, it's it, Noel or Forbes. What do you need that day? That, that, you know, Prince Anderson, they can both play, you know, random positions. And like you said, Nas Reed will give you 15 to 20 out of, you know, every eighth game. You know what I mean? So we got plenty of points off the bench. And you can even see them rotating Cat and Gobert throughout the game. So we always have a big in the game. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's, we're a lot deeper than people realize. Yeah. And I also think, you know, if, one of the really enlightening things that Finch said was not only do we have the core now with Towns and, and, and Edwards, but we have the, the late, you know, career Edwards and McDaniels core set up, you know, right now, you know, so those two will grow together. Uh, they're virtually the same age. I think, I think McDaniels might be a little bit older than, yeah, than Edwards. Just barely. So you've kind of got, you know, this layered, approach thing going on. I'm not trying to kick Cat out the door by any stretch of the imagination, especially now because of his role has changed into something that you and I were just kind of begging for all season. We got to get a big, we got to get a big, whether that was a, a power forward or it was a center. And I, I think that, you know, the center was probably the, the better idea here and that's how it went. And, you know, so we're talking about building blocks here from Connolly that yeah, yeah expensive. Yes. I mean, yes. There's no question that that was a lot to give up. But as we broke down earlier, it wasn't, you know, everything. You have to kind of keep things in perspective here. And I think that's something, you know, Wolves fans, Minnesota fans need to do is is keep things in perspective. Yes, it seems like a lot, but you lost Beasley. I think the real painful thing in the players we lost was was just Beverly, really, and what he brings is intangibles. It wasn't a, a player talent type of thing it was just okay can we continue the defensive intensity now that pat bev is gone and I, hopefully that is the case and i'm willing to bet that that they will with finch coaching so i, I just think you know you have the opportunity here russell's kind of on a string but you like we said we talked about that earlier it's like okay well you'll deal with that issue cross that bridge when you come to it you've got j mac i like what you said about you know possibly filling some holes with another point guard here maybe get, you know, Boogie Cousins or something like that uh, in the front court, you know, maybe something else. If you don't, if you don't think that the rookie's ready to, to be a backup three, maybe look sure. there a little bit, but I think basically your, your pieces are kind of where you want, where you want them to be. And, you know, it's just like, well, you know, I'm kind of just overlooking all the different matchup things and, it's like, okay, well, you can do so many combinations here that it's not even worth going down the road of a 40-minute diatribe about it. But what I'm just saying is, you know, there's so many combinations and matchup things you can do on a nightly basis here that you brought in with, with Gobert. I think we do need a spot shooter, by the way, somebody that, you know, comes in and just can, can jack threes, which I think, you know, sort of is McDaniel's role. He's got a nice stroke from three. But, you know. Well, I mean, I, Prince and Forbes can do that. Yeah. I think you're right there. 
So I, I'm trying to find, you know, some glaring holes because in the Timberwolves organization, there's always some glaring hole, but I just don't, I think there's small issues now. We're, we're done with the glaring holes. I think it's, it's little tiny tweaks and, and small issues here that, that could probably be worked on. But overall, I just think, you know, they made the move. It was the move that needed to be made. Uh, we all kind of saw it. So why are you complaining about how expensive it is? It just, you know, you, Anything that that's worth anything in life, you know, costs something. There's been a couple of texts that really stand out, dude, that we got to go over. It just it really puts it in perspective what you just said. But the wingspan, uh, we talked about this off air. D'Angelo Russell's wingspan, funny enough, he's actually got an inch on uh, Edwards, but who knows? Edwards may grow an inch. 6'10", Edwards 7'9", McDaniels 7' foot. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns seven four and uh, Gobert seven nine. Um, so we we're you know everyone likes the long lanky guys and all that. Well, we got some. If you look at win shares, which is an interesting stat that does say something. It's not an end all be all, but if you look at the NBA win share leaders, right? You had Jokic, you had Giannis, you had Embiid, you have Gobert, and you have Towns. In the top five, we have two players in the top five of win shares because uh, that contributes to win shares, what you do on a court, not just, oh, the stats, not just that. This, but here, here's a couple of uh, really funny tweets that really sum up what you just said. For Timber, this is uh, Zach Pierce on Twitter. For Timberwolves fans worried about the price of this trade, just remember, that they have the worst winning percentage in the NBA since they came in the league in 1989. The worst case scenario from a bad trade is their status quo continues. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh, what, what do you want here? Do you want to take a risk? And then he says, everyone's so concerned about the Wolves giving up so much draft capital. This is for you. And they said, you know, Dunn and Wesley Johnson, and they name a mm. bunch of guys. Um and so it's like, now we got better guys drafting now, as we've seen. But it's just to the point of like, hey, dude, what do you want to be? You know, the last couple of years, since 2019, I guess you could say 2020 Lakers got in on that, but without an injury, really. But um, there's, there's been a fair amount of injuries. And when you have older players, they get injured, even if they're elite, right? I mean, look at Durant down the stretch. He's been hurt. Um and that's how Toronto snuck in and got their championship. Milwaukee got their championship. Not, I'm not taking it away from them, but they got in there because of that. That's how they got in. You know, if, if, if two more teams are healthy, they're not getting in the finals, you know, whatever. So let's say two years from now, you know, we make the conference final because someone's hurt, and then we get in there in game two, one of the top three players goes out. All of a sudden, you know, like – We've been past the, I'll say it again, one time, one time past the first round since 1989. How many many young fucking players do you need at this point, man? We got the young players that we need. We got those ones, you know. Uh, We've got core players that are going to be around for a long time. We One that will probably end up being top five NBA and maybe even above that. Um, and, And some other players, you can't just keep, rotating these young players and we've done that you know many many times times 
It's like you want to continue to collect draft picks and cross your fingers. You go ahead and do that. Trust the process. Trust the process. How many? How many brands have it? Get to know them. And oh Jesus, you know it's just this not is, right. This uh, is pretty much all white or light skinned team from the Timberwolves. Yeah, I mean, a, we can go down the Puerto line. Ricans and a black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that exactly. was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, Andre you know? Karolinko. <laughs> When he had but, no knees and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what was that guy? Who was the guy that R- Rubio was like, change your face, smile? Uh, what was his name? He's a Russian guy. It wasn't Karolinka, it was some other guy. But Oh, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, you know, damn it. Uh, right whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, don't be surprised if D'Lo either signs an extension or gets traded. You just never yeah. know with this front office. So well, that's what I know. You know He's on knows? a string. And that does change the that does kind of change the dynamic a little bit without a deal. But like I said, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him, you know, because I think they would have probably signed him if if he would have been more like enthusiastic about it, you know. But it's what hard do you to mean tell, by right? that? What do you mean enthusiastic? Well, I just get the feeling that because he was okay, pretty about enthusiasm in a in a press conference. He's been. Well, this is my impression of this situation. You can go ahead and fill in uh, what information that I don't have. But it just seems like uh, in, if it's the team on the saying, okay, we're going to just, you know, we don't want to really resign you, you know, so we're going to fill out the year. And, you know, I just don't think, you know, I think it was more Russell going like, I don't know how that year ended and blah, blah, blah. I want to keep my options open. Now, you may know more than me, but I, I feel like nobody more... knows anything about him. It's all hearsay. The hmm. agent hasn't said anything. And that's yeah. what kind of makes me mad because the media has just jumped on. He wants the max. Who the fuck's going to give him the max? And who the fuck said that? He didn't say that. Nope. And neither did his agent. Yeah. So it's just like a couple years ago. Remember, he was milking the injury. That was all over the media here. All, and then he got surgery. You know, it's like, well, hold yeah. on. Let's just see. What, let's see what actually happens here. You know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but we'll either way, what... oh well. Yeah, we're gonna. Oh, either way. Yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see what happens with him. And- extend or not? Okay, we'll have twenty million next year. Then if he doesn't extend, you know, which one is it? Like you said, mm. he can make a decision. You know, he can make a decision on this, and and we don't know. Maybe they have been negotiating right now. Obviously, yeah. they had some things to figure out, right? They had yeah, to extend yeah. Cat, which was really just it was waiting on his All Pro status so he could get a bigger contract. The one he missed out on last time, because you know who took his spot? Rudy Gobert took the third spot all pro. That's how he missed the, the super, or the, the Big Max on his first Big Max. It's kind of mm-hmm. funny how that works. They've been just battling for all pro. You know, it's been Jokic, Embiid, Cat, and Gobert. And we got fucking two of them. It's crazy. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, man, when you got the core, you could figure the rest out, dude. Yeah, I think that's that's it right there, and it's a young core, and it's it's ready to go now. You know, to wrap it up, I just think I I did text you after the trade, and I said, you know, top five Western Conference, and I, I was thinking I was being conservative there. And I guess maybe your thoughts on it because you didn't really reply. You said to top it. six, a top six, and I think that's being a little conservative. But, you know, you did mention and we did talk about earlier about just how everybody's – the Lakers aren't going to stay dead forever. You know, Portland's rising. There's a rising – there's the the top of the Western and then New there's Orleans the rising. rising. Yeah, Denver. <laughs> Big time. Uh, the Timberwolves. It's going to uh, be like the old Wild West that we're used to. 
Yeah. I mean, there's what nine spots and they're all going to be, I mean, Phoenix is still going to well, be there's there. There's eight, eight spots. Technically, I guess 10 for the play. Yeah. The trailblazers, uh, Zion will be back for new Orleans. That's another rising, you know, it's going to get better. It's, it's yeah. for sure. There's like a tears. The tears are kind of scrambled at the moment, but they're going to, Sure. And Eddie, at least, but we're involved in that top. You think you got to say we're involved in the top nine. Oh yeah. The thing is, if we would have brought back the same team, pretty much Kessler off the bench, maybe we could turn him into a starter in the years to come, whatever, you know, if we were going to do that, we were going to probably sign. We had Kyle Anderson anyway, but we were going to sign, you know, maybe we sign like another big off the bench, just a defensive big, just okay, solid, you know, nothing crazy, but maybe a year or two on a good price where he's just a role player for certain matchups or whatever. But it would have been tough to get the seventh spot with that same team last year. Mm-hmm. Based off of, you're just talking about three or four teams that are going to yeah. be better. Just yeah, just we left out Memphis on the rising Western Conference mm-hmm. as well. And by the way, them, they're not going to, they got a chance not to be the second seed too because of all these teams that got hurt. The Clippers are the favorite to win the championship right now because mm-hmm. they didn't have Kawhi Leonard, you know? <laughs> like, oh, that's right, that Kawhi guy, you know, who's got a year off now and his body's probably resting, right? No. But then, like I said, next year, the year after, the year after, those guys are going to get old and they're going to get injured. That's just how it goes. That's how it's gone the last few years. So, yeah, I do think we, we have a – in the next coming years, we have a – whether it's next year, two years, whatever, we have a legitimate chance at home court advantage in the first round. Yeah, I agree. You know, and you also and once mentioned you get it there, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, once you get there, that it's it's party time because um, you're in there with a with a chance, you know. But uh, you mentioned earlier uh, the uh, the Garnett years where we just kept running into Duncan, you know, for those yeah, couple Shaq of years. And Kobe. Yeah, Shaq and Kobe, and then Duncan <laughs> and Robinson, and then Duncan by himself, and it just you know, it's good. I think it came to my mind because you said Duncan we only was got to the second himself. round. That was the we, difference. Yeah, we Sorry. got to the second round once you said there, and then was the Western Conference Finals. Well, that was the only time he got past the first round. Yeah, and that brought to my head, yeah, because we kept running into Shaq and Kobe. We yeah. kept running into Remember Duncan that year? We got the four seed. We got the four seed, dude. Oh, Shaq <laughs> was hurt that year, so they're the fifth seed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great. And remember, we lost, I think people kind of forget, we already lost five picks before. Joe Smith fucking Jr. <laughs> we already lost five picks before. Did we get Gobert for it? I'm pretty sure no. not. No, Taylor couldn't even be. Taylor couldn't even be crooked correctly. Right. You don't you don't put it on paper. You put it in escrow in, you know, whatever Dubai was back then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't mm-hmm. he couldn't even cheat right. Yeah. The guy couldn't even cheat right. So and and the funny thing is, the best years were those next three to five years after yeah. we lost all those picks. Now and that team it hurt us more because we didn't have a core. You know, we didn't have a good core. You know, we no, had really. Kevin. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, like you said, if four, four years go by, okay, Cat's going to be 29. You don't think we can get four picks for him? And we're, I'll, I guarantee you we'll get a, be, a better player back than what we gave because yeah. it just has to be, you know, when you trade yeah. a guy like Cat. So, 
I think people forget about that. I don't like Cat. I don't like Cat. If you got him under contract for six years and three years go by, four years go by, then you still have him under contract. It's easier to trade him. Like, it's pretty basic stuff, you know, and, and it's really about getting in that last eight. If you can get in the last eight, if you get in the second round, you just don't know what happens there, you know. Exactly. A matchup's awesome. I mean, we could have, should have, would have against Memphis. They took Golden State six games. As, yeah. as far as Boston did, and they didn't have job the last two and a half games because he got hurt. Yeah. So we're not that far off, but I like how we're not just going to sit back and, like you said, hey man, we're gonna we're gonna develop, we're gonna put our lunch hat on, and we're gonna have people that want to be here. You Get know? the new the new guys. We can't uh, treat him and yeah. and our great friends. Well, yeah. they can Facetime, dude. They can <laughs> Facetime. Uh. So yeah, let's, uh, remember that the Spricker page is back up. Uh, it went down for a little while, but I know you guys that listen to it, uh, want to listen to it again. So it's back up. You'll be able to catch all the episodes of not only Living in Loserville podcast, but when the Vikings, uh, season comes along, you will get, uh, editions of the Purple People Leader podcast as well. So, uh, remember to check that out. And also, uh, if you have to, Go to the Instagram. It's not up right now, but I'm going to get that back. Um, I had a little problem with uh, losing a password, but now I have that password back. So we'll get that updated as well, and you can find links to the shows there as well. All right. Uh, in Minnesota, we don't necessarily like to talk about September football uh, in July because we know what that means. Uh, our summer's gone. But you know what? In two months, we'll be starting that puppy back up. So uh signing off, nice extendo, almost 70-minute show. But, God, there was a whole lot to talk about, man. I'm so glad that we didn't have a boring off season. And like we said, who knows? Who knows? That's what I love about this front office. And like you said, Finch, just the whole crew, man. Um, we'll be back. If something pops up, if D-Lo gets traded, we're going to do a show, okay? Yeah. Um, other than that, there's probably not going to be much – uh, that we're going to talk about. Well, we will be back for that. Like he said, the Purple People Eaters podcast. Have a great summer. Enjoy the weather while it's here. Peace.